Hello and welcome back to the Harbour Toots podcast. This is episode 62. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Ben Jones. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Very good. Better after listening to your uh, first debate podcast that we featured this week. So I urge everyone to check that out. It was, a, it was a good listen. Yeah, as long as it gets people thinking and talking, that's that's all I want from it. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what the next topic and the next guest is and what they have to say. It was good fun. Yeah, definitely. And anyone listening, um, feel free to DM us or tweet us. Uh, at underscore Harvard Hoops of any ideas or of guests or topics or if anyone wants to come on um, that, that covers basketball and has a real important opinion they want to share, then DM us because I'm sure Ben will be happy to have you on and listen to, listen to your ideas. Yeah, definitely. It's the platform for it. Good, good. Um, cool. Time plan for today. We're going to go through a little bit of news at the start. Uh, then we're going to discuss a little bit about, about the trade, trade deadline that comes up this week. Uh, and then through, throughout the rest of the pod, we're going to do our usual stuff. So we've got winners and losers and best upcoming games just to review the action. We haven't done one since pre-All-Star, so uh, a lot of teams have moved around. So I'm sure this will be an interesting one. But let's kick it off with a bit of news, a bit of sad news, especially for uh, my fellow co-host here, LeBron James Fan Club. Uh, unfortunately for him, high ankle sprain against the Hawks last night. Um, looks quite dodgy, to be honest. I sent me and Ben and speaking about it last night, but it didn't look great. Uh, came out in the, the evening that it wasn't a break or anything, but it was a, a high ankle sprain. The words they've used are out indefinitely, um, which is the same words they've used for AD. Um, we'll maybe talk about the Lakers in another section later, but just in terms of the injury, Ben, what are your, your initial thoughts and, and how they should handle it? Should they just give them as long as possible and, and sacrifice the regular season now, you think? Yeah, it looked bad. It's not very often you see the ankle roll in. You usually see it roll out where yeah. players land on a on foot and roll out with it. But he had a player land on the outside of his foot and push the ankle in. It looked real bad. He managed to stay in the game, hit a jumper, hit a three-pointer. And then I think as he came down from the three-pointer, realised he was in a lot of pain um, and then went off the floor. Yeah, I think out indefinitely is just a, a, an easy way of saying he'll, be back, him back. he'll be back. Yeah. And yeah. same with AD. We're not going to rush it. I, I, don't, I think the Lakers have kind of got themselves into a position where at this point in time, they're not going to be winning as many games as they would be with AD and LeBron, obviously. But they've got enough of a cushion to keep them in the playoffs. I think that's all that matters for them at this point now. Get the superstars <laughs> fit and healthy, 100%, ready for playoffs. And the other guys are going to get you know, some minutes and get some playing time and, and kind of use this as a platform and a chance to prove how good they are. Maybe they deserve more minutes on this Lakers roster. I mean, there's, there's plenty of names on there that you could say, this is your chance to step up. This is your time to shine. What what have you got? What can you bring to the table now? We need you. So it's going to be an interesting time for the Lakers in the next kind of month or two. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, and for the teams around them, you never like to see injuries, but it only opens the door, doesn't it, for, for teams to climb in seeds, for, for home court advantage, to get the one seed or the two seed, etc. Um, so I know it's not great, but those teams will be kind of looking at this as a, an opportunity handed to them to, to try and do something with it. Uh, at the moment, the Lakers are third, 28 and 14. Uh, the Blazers in sixth are 25 and 16, so very, very close. Could you see the, the Lakers falling further than sixth? I know the Suns are a few games back, but... Seventh onwards is playing tournament, and that that would not be ideal for any teams to, to go in who should be as high as the Lakers will be. 
Or do you think that maybe AD might come back a bit sooner than we think and, and kind of secure that top top four or five seed still? I can see them falling to sixth at this point. I don't think they can go much lower than that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a little bit more of a gap between seven and eight there. Yeah. Um, but it's not an awful kind of Lakers roster, really. You know, they they are missing key players. They're missing Gasol. They're missing AD. They're missing LeBron. There's still some guys that can play some decent basketball, especially I don't know what their the next couple of weeks brings in terms of the teams and the calibre of teams they've got to play. But it, they're also kind of playing with no pressure now. They can just get out there and kind of move the ball and play freely because no one's expecting anything of a team, this team without LeBron and, and AD on, to, to amount to much, to be honest. And there are some weak teams out there at the moment. They they could easily pick up a couple of wins to keep them fourth or fifth at this point, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we'll have to see it. It'll, it'll need a hell of a run for, for the teams six, seven, eight, nine onwards to, to, to get enough wins to overtake the Lakers, even if LeBron is out for a few weeks. Yeah. You think of a high ankle sprain as well, though. It will be, it will be multiple weeks as well if you want to get the player back in full health, which you would want to. So yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing him for... For definitely the rest of March and maybe a couple of weeks in April as well, but we'll have to see. Fingers crossed for a healthy return. No one likes to see anyone injured. Um, yeah, he, he tweeted afterwards, just saying nothing angers and saddens me more than not being available to uh, to and for my teammates. I'm hurt right now, hurt and out right now. Um, the road back to recovery begins now. Back soon, like I never left. So he seems pretty optimistic off the back of that. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he's back before AD. The AD injury is a very uh, strange one that they're not uh, talking about very much right now. Um, no, so it would not would not shock me if LeBron was back first out of the two. Um, cool, let's move on then to some more positive news for, for, for two specific teams. We've got a couple of trades to talk about. Uh, trade deadline is this week, but a couple of teams have gone early. So let's talk about the Ariza trade first. Trevor Ariza has been traded to Miami. Uh, he was traded for Myers Leonard and a 2027. Uh, yeah, six years away. Uh, second round pick. Uh, Myers Leonard will probably be cut, if not maybe already been cut, after some social media stuff that's happened in the last few weeks of him. So he's a very stupid man that probably doesn't deserve a job in the NBA right now. So it wouldn't surprise me if they cut him. But Ariza to Miami, I think perfect fit for me. Uh, add some defense, add some shooting. I know he hasn't played this season, but they're kind of hoping it's another Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala situation where they, they do a late season trade the two players that are underperforming in the last year or so, but they fit the Miami kind of culture and, and team way. Um, what are your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, it's it's brilliant, really. He he can offer so much to a team when he's on form and fit and playing in the right systems. And I think Coach Spur, he's proven that he can get the best out of everybody on a roster. So this is a brilliant opportunity for him to, to be playing in a, a really good, strong team. Um, and it also means he picks up the award for the most traded player in history. Yeah. It's a lot. Which is quite impressive. There's a lot of trades, let alone in the last 12 months, in terms of uh, team to team, especially this yeah. summer as well. Um, crazy. Uh, but yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think on offense, he'll just be asked to, to hit what he hits when he, in terms of open threes, corner threes. Uh, and they'll use his defense to try and guard probably two threes and fours. And their idea would be in the playoffs, they could have a lineup that has five or four out of five, at least, very, very good defenders. Um, 
which is kind of how they beat the Bucks so comfortably last year. They just defend yeah. so well. They can defend everyone. It's hard to win your one-on-one battles. They don't give up a lot of open shots. And I think they'll just make it hard on teams. And I think Ariza will only help with that. And he's not the same player as he was offensively, but at least he's another body, another good defender, another veteran that can help them. So I think it's a good trade for Miami. Yeah, yeah, really good. He's definitely a contributor to this next kind of the championship run they're on. Yeah, and it gives me a little bit of confidence that uh, they're happy with this group. Um, I don't mind them doing a big trade, but I think they might. I think with free agency coming up this summer and them having a max spot, they could assign someone like Victor Oladipo next summer without having to give up a young star. So I like the fact they've improved their roster but haven't really given up a lot. Uh, and also OKC gain another pick, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so I think both, both parties are quite happy. Uh, and then the second trade then is uh, another really, really good trade, actually. From Eastern Conference team. So PJ Tucker's been traded to the Bucks. Uh, he's been traded for DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, both the DJs, uh, and a Bucks first round pick in 2023. And apparently Houston have also received the right to swap 2021 and 2020, yeah, sorry, just 2021 second round picks. Um, not that they probably need to do that because obviously Houston's pick is going to be a lot better, but uh, they've got that right as well if, if they want to do it. Um, so yeah, PJ Tucker for a first round pick. I think the Rockets will be happy, but I think he's a perfect player to play next to Giannis for the Bucks. Yeah, DJs for PJs. Exactly. Uh, he's a really great pickup for them. I mean, the players they've given up weren't really contributing much anyway to that team and that roster. So, yeah, for them, in terms of players, they've not lost too much. Um, they're not going to be worried about picks over the next year or you know, a couple of years because they're expecting to be championship contenders every year. So they're not really kind of looking at high draft picks or anything. Um, and he's another great defender for this Bucks team. They're going to be really tough to break break down and get through. Um, um, he's a versatile player, asked to play the centre position in that small ball Rockets. Good so, rebounder as well, which helps them. Yeah, he's really, really good. And when he gets going, his offense is great as well. But So another kind of weapon for them to potentially use and not give up anything defensively. Because a lot of players at the moment, you bring them on for offense and you end up almost giving up what you've gained because they can't defend very well. Mm-hmm. But for, for PJ, he's a great defender and what kind of went on form is a fantastic scorer as well so I'm interested to see how he fits into this Bucks roster for sure Yeah no player has hit more corner three pointers in the last five well in the last four, five, six or seven seasons than uh, PJ Tucker so he is elite at those open corner threes that James Harden used to game and we all know that Giannis's kick out does generate a lot of open threes so in the playoffs I expect to see PJ Tucker in the corner hitting that three and then guarding the best player on the other team quite a lot um, It'll be another Kevin Durant versus PJ Tucker moment, I think, at some point in the playoffs, which would be quite fun. So, yeah, I agree with you. Good pickup. Them and Miami together, both so good now defensively for the playoffs. Not yeah. quite as good offensively, probably, as the other teams um, in terms of Philly and uh, the Nets. But defensively, they've created a team that's going to cause those problems. So I think those two teams have improved. Um, and whilst we're on the, the topic then of trades, let's discuss a little bit about the trade, trade deadline. Uh, this week, 25th of March, I think that's what, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time over in America, so I think that's what eight o'clock our time. 
Uh, we decided to look at a couple of players each. There's loads of players that have been rumoured to move. When you look online, the, the rumours have been absolutely crazy this week. But we tried to focus on two names each, talk about where they might go and, and what the chances are they leave. So why don't you kick it off with the first name on your little list? Yeah, I'm interested to see whether we've gone for the same players here as well, see how in tune we are with the kind of trade rumours. Um, my first pick is somebody I desperately want to see in a different situation, just because... I feel like he's reached his ceiling where he is, and that is Aaron Gordon. Um, Orlando have come out and said they'll take a first-round pick and a, a promising young player for him, um, from what I've been reading. Too Which, much. at the moment, too much. He's so injury-prone. He's he's not. Yeah, he's just not healthy enough to kind of warrant that. But I feel he's like he's not team... been great this year, has he? Compared to no. last year's. I feel like teams might take the chance on him, but, but that's what I mean. I think he's reached his ceiling and his potential there, and if he's going to grow and develop and, and step up to that next level, which I definitely think he can do because he has grown as a player already. He used to be a good dunker, but now he's got that kind of... He's stretching out to the three-point line a lot more consistently. There's another level for him to go up, and it's not going to happen in Orlando. So I think if teams take the chance, they could hit a really kind of a bit of gold with Aaron Gordon given the right opportunity yeah NBC Sports are reporting that the uh, a lot of the teams see the price as too steep at the moment which I think makes sense and I think eventually they'll have to give in and give in for a first round pick and forget the young player yeah um, which I think is fine I think he's been there so long how long have we said about this magic team so similar they need to kind of make changes and he's just an obvious one to do uh, he was on my list as well, so we were in tune. So I will find yeah. another name, but um, he was number one on my list. I think his team are more willing than most teams are to trade one of their better players. Yeah, uh, like you said, they've already come out and said that. So I think that helps the process. And I think he wants a fresh start himself. And with his contract, I think he's got another year. I think that teams will just be eager to try and pick him up in the hope that he can make an impact this year and next year as well. Yeah. Um, what sort of teams did you see fitting that that mould that might be interested in, especially if it's only a first-round pick? Um, I know Golden State have always been in that rumour mill of, of picking up someone like an Aaron Gordon. Um, just trying to think what kind of teams might could do with a athletic kind of slashing forward. I think the Nuggets are... Uh... Nuggets are a team that I think could really use him, especially for his defence and rebounding. I think yeah. that they're a player short in that area since they lost Jeremy Grant. Um, and I just think that is a perfect fit. And they have got assets. like They have got players they could use that aren't their stars uh, that I think that are a bit more maybe dispensable than other teams. So I think that's an option. I know the Celtics have always been rumoured, but they've got a lot of wings. I know he's not necessarily a three, probably play more than four and you'd still have Brown and take him in the team. That's great. Yeah. But um, I do wonder if Orlando will try and charge an Eastern Conference team a higher price than they would a Western Conference team because they know they're going to have to play him. I think that, that could be something maybe. And, but yeah, Nuggets and Celtics for me are, are two teams I think that, that make sense at least. Yeah, no, that's definitely two good options for him and for them. I think it would be, he could be a real asset to both those teams. Yeah, and I think they've both got their own first-round picks at least. So they've yeah. they've at least got an asset to do it. The other rumours are Houston Rockets and Portland Trailblazers, but the Rockets, that's, that's, they've got a lot of picks, but that's a future trade. And 
I know it's not up to him, but he's been with Orlando so long, I wonder if he'll have a say in where he goes and if he'd rather go to a, a playoff team, I think. And Portland Trailblazers does make a lot of sense, but um, they've got quite a deep roster, so I think they would have to give up a young star to get him, whether it's an Anthony Simons, maybe, and a first-round pick, something like that. Um, I could see that fit, I guess. But when it when all that players come back from injury, I think he'll play a lot less there, so it depends what he wants, I think, as well. Yeah, for me, uh, those two, Portland would be make far more sense. I don't see Aaron like kind of wanting to go from a middling team to a absolutely tanking team in a trade, no matter what they're kind of offering. I think he, he would try and object to it. And, and like you said, I think he's got gathered enough loyalty in Orlando to maybe warrant a bit of an option. So I do quite like that to the, the Blazers. That's potentially a really, really nice fit. Um, but they would have to give up a player for him, definitely. Like you said, it's a deep roster, and that's why we always kind of pip them at the moment because that Trailblazers roster is very good. Um, I mean, it would kind of almost be the rich get richer with that one. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, like I said, he was on my list, but if I have to replace him with a name, uh, I'll go with another, another forward. Uh, not quite as good, but historically maybe a bit more well-known across the league. So I'll go over to Marcus Aldridge from the Spurs. Uh, they've been working on a deal for a while, but obviously he's not been as good this season. Uh, the thing with him, though, I think him and Pop really uh, respect each other. And I don't think they're going to hold a high ransom of people's head for him. I think they will just kind of... There's a chance he could get bought out, to be honest. But I think if someone offered a couple of second-round picks, they would probably just say, yeah, because they really respect him as a player. He's been there for so long. Him and the coach get on so well. I think they'll just say, look, go for a contender. We'll get a couple of second-round picks, which the Spurs always draft well, don't they? In the second-round pick, they all seem to get starting caliber players from, from anywhere, really. Yeah. Um, so I'll go over Marcus Aldridge. I think that he fits quite well. Um, in terms of moving, in terms of fits, it's almost anyone really. You need to, you need a team that doesn't need a defender because he can't do that. But they need a bit more of a, a bit more scoring power. Uh, what sort of team you, you think might fit that sort of description? Yeah, somebody's looking to fill that kind of centre spot. I mean, Aldridge can step out, doesn't tend to very much at the moment, but he can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, yeah, he's good offense. He's good offensively, really good. Yeah, so I, I don't know, maybe like a Clippers, perhaps. They're always looking for a bit of size. Um, the Lakers now with the kind of two key players out, maybe they'll be willing to, if they have anything, to offer something up for a player like Aldridge. Um, uh, who else would be looking for a bit of size? I mean... Again, the Celtics are one of the... Yeah. Celtics and the Heat have been rumoured that they that the problem with the Heat is they've already made their trade now. So it seems like Celtics could be could be up there, which I think makes perfect sense because they've got a lot of bigs, haven't they, that can defend and can rebound really, really well. Maybe he'll just yeah. give them that scoring punch and they can put him with a defensive lineup and ask him to score. I think that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think he could comfortably slot into a lot of the teams at the kind of the, the sort of top four of the conferences currently and, and even below. I, I'd, I don't know how you'd feel about maybe a Mavericks to help them with the rebounding and the scoring. I don't know if that's a potential option, um, mm. especially with rumours of Paul Zingas maybe being on the out. You never know. Could be looking for someone to just plug the gap for now. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think they'd look at him in a buyout, um, maybe not so much in a trade, but definitely could be some interest there. The other team is obviously Portland Trail Blazers as well, which is his old team. So I wonder if there'll be a coming home sort of moment there, I think. 
he fits them as well. And they seem to not care about their defensive lineups. They'll just put five guys out there <laughs> that can score sometimes, it looks like, next to Dame, which is quite fun. So that could be another one. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he moved, though. I think that he's a prime candidate, personally, to, to be on the move this week. Yeah, nice. Uh, he, he was actually my second pick. So oh, uh, we are <laughs> very much in tune today. Oh, let's, uh, have you got another one, or do you want me to do my second one whilst you think about yours? You go, yeah. Yeah, so my other one was Lonzo Ball, um, probably a bit more of a better-known player, a younger player for sure, probably a bit more upside. But for me, I don't think the Pelicans really know what they're doing. His dad's already come out and said that he wants to be traded. Uh, so obviously his dad getting involved again kind of highlights that maybe a bit of, bit of an issue there. And the team that constantly a rumour for Lonzo Ball is the Warriors, and the Warriors have that, that Minnesota pick that, that they want to use. And the problem is that maybe they start to think now that Timberwolves are, are so bad that, are we going to lose that pick and have to use it next year? But obviously, that's another year after Clay's been back, so you're losing more time. Maybe they want to trade that pick, uh, and the Pelicans are a sort of team that would love to take that. So, for me, I'm not a huge Lonzo Ball fan. Obviously, everyone knows I do like Steph. I do really, really like the Warriors. I always have. So, I'm not quite sure on the fit, but that's just because I'm lower on Lonzo than most people. But the national media seems to think that him next to Steph would be super, super fun. Uh, and I could see that being a trade that the Warriors would do, to be honest. Get Alonzo Ball in there at the point guard next to Steph and play them together. I think that makes sense. Yeah, Alonzo's got so much potential still. He's quite a big point guard. You, you could, yeah, with the right big. coaching, he could be a defensive menace and that would benefit the Warriors. Um, he's just turned 23 as well, so very, very yeah, he's young. young. There's so much room to grow. And Steph can sometimes be a little bit undersized. Um and sort of struggle occasionally defensively. I mean, he's not shy to put the effort in. It's just sometimes the offensive players that are in the league, especially at the point guard position, it's tough to guard them, whoever you are. Um, so that could be a really, really good option. I read somewhere that the Knicks might be a destination for him. They've got yeah. tradable assets as well. and That makes sense. He'd go there and could be a future star. And obviously that suits his background and family history. And yeah. I know he. everyone says he's actually a really, really good kid. So it's like a bit of a false kind of media pretense that his family like the limelight. Like I think it might be more his dad <laughs> and his uncle <laughs> and his mum that like the limelight, not actually the sons, if that makes sense. I think him and Lamella are actually a bit more down to earth than, than people give them credit for. Yeah. Um, but I think going to New York, starting point guard for the Knicks, Emmanuel quickly can then come off the bench or they can play together in a two-guard role. I think that makes sense. And the Knicks are obviously looking for future starters. Uh, for the long term so I think the Knicks and Warriors they're very opposite aren't they you've got a team that's older loads more stars and you've got a team that's younger that needs a star to play with Julius Randle I think both could fit what he wants though and kind of help him for the future maybe stick around long term yeah and I'd quite like to see it as well I, I don't I know a lot he's not everybody's cup of tea but I just like I said I keep seeing that potential that he's got um yeah. His jumper's getting better slowly. We all know his passing is incredible. His defense is right there, like it could be kind of Ben Simmons level. Um, I just think there's been other factors that haven't allowed him to kind of grow and develop in that positive way, whether it started from his dad and the way his dad kind of has, has treated his kids in terms of making them just celebrities rather than letting them find their own feet and their own path into playing professionally or whether it was the whole Lakers playing with LeBron and then the trade 
Uh, I know he's not enjoying it in New Orleans, but he's trying. And I don't know. It could be good to have a fresh start and and develop in the way that he wants to. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a prime candidate. He's having a really good season as well. I just yeah. think the team's a bit muddled up and it doesn't quite fit. And I think if you're a team like that and you're not ready to win uh, and they've added vets and they still haven't won, I think that they'd be better off maybe planning for the future. And if they do think the future is Lonzo, they need to trade some of their other players to try and kind of make the roster balance a bit more. Because uh, I think Lonzo, Ingram and Zion is just not not the great fit as a three for me. Uh, no. But let's move on from Lonzo then. Talk about who's this other player that you have uh, thought of that might get traded. Well, I think this is an interesting one because I still think it's on the cards, although the team he belongs to has come out and said it's not going ahead. And that's Carl Lowry. Now, the, the Raptors apparently have come out and said, no, he's not on the trade block. He's not going anywhere. But I still feel like they're kind of just saying that to dull down the kind of heat that they might be getting from fans. Um, because he is such a, yeah, he's going to go down as one of the best Raptors in history. And the Toronto fans love him. And I think he's great. He brings so much to a team, defensively especially. He's an absolute menace. Um, and he can still contribute all over the court. He's a fantastic player. But he's been hit, traded, uh, rumoured to be traded to the 76ers. That's been a heavy trade rumour. And he's been kind of linked with other teams that are looking for point guards, such as the Clippers. But Raptors apparently have said they're definitely not going to go through with it. But what do you think? Can you see him being traded by the deadline? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I think he'll be traded by the deadline or he'll be traded in the off-season around the draft time, most likely. Uh, and I think it's just going to be Philly or Clippers for me. Philly makes the most sense because that's where he's from. And obviously, I think that's who drafted him originally, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he's worked with Darren Morey before. Oh, no, sorry. He's from Philly, but Houston drafted him with Darren Morey, I think. Oh, he's okay. worked with him before. Um, I just think that makes perfect sense. The 76ers are the perfect fit. I think the Clippers are another great fit, and it's an area where you'd want to live and they could win a title. So I don't think Kyle Lowry would turn that down. And I think that the Raptors will kind of let him seek a trade where he wants to go. I don't think they'll, they'll send him somewhere he doesn't want to be at. So for me, I think it's Philly or the Clippers. Uh, and I think either should try and do all they can to, to push for a trade as soon as possible because I think he can help them in the playoffs, especially in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference, which is, like we said earlier, getting deeper and deeper. I think Philly could add one more piece that would really help them. I think the way he's been playing this season as well, they can kind of put a reasonable price out there for him. Teams will pay for it, I think, because yeah, they will. he is still one of the kind of He's here. We go. Here's another light comparison for you. I'm going to put him as Chris Paul Light. <laughs> He's consistent. He defends pretty well. He can make shots when it counts, and he's going to contribute to your team's success no matter where he where he goes. Yeah, I agree. He also might be heavier than Chris Paul with his uh, his famous Kyle Lowry booty. As, uh, oh, the, uh... booty. The No Dunks crew love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think there are four, four or five big names there that might get traded. Uh, like I said, they've only got till what, the 25th, so not long now. But I think it's a good chance we see at least two of those names we've discussed traded. Uh, yeah, and then maybe we'll do, do an emergency pod if they do. Definitely, especially as a couple have gone already. You tend to start seeing the dominoes kind of fall from there, don't you? Once one or two go, the floodgates kind of open. 
yeah, and teams in the West might start thinking, right, LeBron and AD are out for a period of time, let's improve now, and they might get a bit kind of hasty and pull the trigger on something that they maybe would wait on. So, yeah, I think it'll be a busy few days. Hopefully, the trade the trade deadline is one or two ways, isn't it? It always gets overhyped, but then there's always a trade that no one saw coming that everyone loves, or everyone talks about the trade deadline all week and then nothing happens. So, <laughs> uh, let's hope for content's sake, it's the latter of those two options. <laughs> let's hope. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Cool. Let's move on from trades then and go on to our, our usual segment. We've been away for a while for, for our normal podcast, so we've got a lot to kind of catch up on. Uh, let's move on to winners and losers, start on a positive note and go with some winners. Um, we don't know our list this week either, so we might have uh, crossed over on a few, but uh, if we have, then we'll just discuss those teams in, in more depth. So let's kick it off, Ben. Go with your first winner of the week or two well, weeks ago. If the potential trades are anything to go by, we're going to match up on everything here. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is one we are going to match up on. I'll start with it. Um, because it is something that we both might have, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. They yeah, are the first at the moment. Yeah, um, what are they on a, an eight-game winning streak since firing their coach? Uh, yeah, Nate McMillan's won all eight games. Fair play to him. Yeah, so they're eight and two in their last ten. And what I've noticed about their playing style is they're really sharing the ball well at the moment. Everybody's contributing. That we said at the beginning of the season. It, it's quite a deep roster on paper. Um, but up to this point, not everybody's been contributing. It's just been Trey Young shooting and everybody else kind of filling in around. But I feel like they've, they're moving the ball more. Trey Young's finding better shots. Um, he's, he's, he's assisting a lot more rather than trying to get his own points. Um, Bagnani's been, been playing well. And again, someone there heavily rumoured with trading, John Collins has been playing very, very well. So um, it's nice to see some positivity for this Hawks team that has been hugely underperforming so far this season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's in Banyani then instead of... Uh, oh my it, God, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, That gave me nightmares back from uh, my Madison Square Garden days watching him try and play defense because <laughs> we've been talking about the Knicks and the Raptors I got Bagnani stuck in my head it sounds a bit like Gallinari but yeah you're right he has uh, he has played a lot lot better uh, Danilo since he's come in he looks a bit more fit now um, but yeah no I agree with everything you said they were first on my list defensively as well they've brought in a lot more their rebounding numbers are up like you said John Collins who, who has been in a lot of trade rumors is playing even better now and I think they'd be silly to trade him to be honest yeah. as a Mavs fan I want them to because I think that's a perfect fit next to Luca, but it's probably a perfect fit next to Trey as well. That's the problem. So I think they, they should do all they can to keep hold of him. Uh, they're up to fifth in the East now, so they're not far off even home advantage in the playoffs, which is crazy. I think it's something like three games separated, like fifth to tenth in the East for most of this week. Uh, so one good week really fires you up. They're only, what, half a game back on the team above them. Uh, they probably aren't going to finish any higher than fourth due to the fact that Bucks, Nets and 76ers are kind of in the league of their own now. But fourth or fifth for the Hawks would be a hell of a season. Yeah, amazing. And they're still missing a couple of players. Like DeAndre Hunter was playing very, very well, but um, he's still out. Um, they've got Cam Reddish to come back and Chris Dunn. So there's still room to grow for this Orlando, uh, this Atlanta team. So I'm really excited about what they're going to do in the next couple of weeks if they can keep us up. Yeah, if they carry on like this as well, then Nate McMillan's going to get the job on a permanent basis as well, isn't he, rather than a... Easily. A temporary one. Uh, and as we found out in the off-season, you're a big Nate fan. You loved, loved a bit of Nate when we were talking, the, talking about coaching opportunities in the summer. So 
it'd be good yeah. if he could st- stick around. I think he's yeah already showing potentially what he can do with the team. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, cool. Well, they were number one on my list as well. Um, so I'll I'll go with a, a different team then to to mix it up. I'll go to my second on my list. Uh, I've gone with the Blazers in second. Uh, three wins in a row this week. I think they've had five wins, I think, out of the last six. Is it from All-Star? Uh, they're sick from the West now. Uh, starting to get a bit of a gap on seventh and eighth, which is good for them because they don't want to be in a, another play-in tournament. Uh, Dame's still playing well. Now they've obviously got CJ McCollum back from injury, which really, really helps them. Uh, they're heavily interested in, in different players in the trade market, like we said earlier, so they're still trying to go to that next level. So I think the Blazers have played really, really well since All-Star. Defensively, they look good. Uh, and CJ's just come back and just started hitting them threes again, which is is crazy. It's proved that it's not just a almost a one-off like it was in the first six weeks of the season. I think this is clearly their new game plan. They want him to shoot threes just as much as Dame now. Uh, and they're playing really, really well. So, yeah, I have to give a shout-out to the Blazers in, in sixth in the West. Nice, yeah, it's a great pick. Um, they've been brilliant to kind of watch all year, even without CJ and with him back. It just adds to their success again I'd love to see them back to full full health with uh, Zach Collins and Nurkic back but I mean this Blazers team still seems to be getting the wins no matter what so keep keep rolling definitely definitely uh, and they are the exact sort of team that will be trying to climb up their standing because they're not a million miles off uh, fourth third fifth and stuff in the west I think that they'll be hoping that Lakers slide helps them out for sure uh, cool, let's go on to your, your next team though and your winners list. Uh, next team on my winners list, they're on a little a little two-game streak. And uh, I picked a team we don't talk about very much, so I'd like to show them a, a bit of love today, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Nice, definitely not on my list. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think they would be. Yeah, they're on a, it's just like I said, just a little two-game winning streak, but um, they seem to be just kind of, doing this at the moment kind of a mini two game winning streak and then maybe a two game losing streak and just flipping back and forth as opposed to early in the season when it was just loss after loss after loss and I think it's because a lot of their younger players are really developing so far this season and kind of going from strength to strength um, which is really really good to see and that's kind of what you want from this Pistons roster at this time showing their potential and showing how much they can grow over the next couple of seasons so um, it's really really nice to see them playing well Yeah Sleek Bay their rookie's playing really well at the moment I think he's got 20 points in their win against the Rockets which is nice especially for a guy that's not necessarily known as a scorer um, so that's good uh, and similar to what we spoke about the Cavs many times they could actually lose some games now but but then win a few and not really hurt their record still get a good draft pick but actually have a little bit of uh, kind of progression, a little bit more positivity rather than just losing like 10 in a row, win one, lose 10 in a row. I think it yeah. can give a little bit more positivity. I know it's still not great bottom of the East, but a few wins will help the fans, but then they won't actually move up the standings enough to impact the draft negatively. So I think it's the the best of both worlds really for Pistons to, to win a few, but overall finish as low as possible and, and get that top draft pick and, and rebuild for the future. I think that that's their best plan, isn't it? Yeah, and especially for a team that has such kind of deep NBA roots as well, you want to see a team like Detroit playing well when you can. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, cool, I'll go on to my last team then, another Eastern Conference team, very heavy on the East. Uh, I've gone with the Bucks. Uh, six wins in a row for them now. 
obviously all since All Star as well. So really, really kind of use that break to their benefit. Uh, they're twenty seven and fourteen now, which is one uh, one game back or half a game back from the Nets, and one and a half games back from the Sixers. Uh, Giannis is playing really, really well. They've just done that trade for PJ Tucker that we spoke about in the segment earlier, which I think is really beneficial. Um, Drew Holiday's missed a couple of games as well, and they've still managed to win those games. And I think Giannis just looks like MVP form again. He's probably one of the leaders again, to be honest. He's been that good. Uh, and the team just looked really, really good on both ends. So they've impressed me a lot. And I think that they'll want, I know they don't care about the one seed as much because the playoffs have just been so awful for them in the last few years. But if they can finish still in the one seed above those teams that have to play the Nets, for example, till later on, I think that'll only benefit them. So the Bucks have had a, a good couple of weeks for me. Yeah, yeah, they, they've played really well recently. Um, since again, since having their full lineup back, they've gone from strength to strength again. Um, and yeah, they they really do need to stop thinking about that one seed because it's not benefited them at all so far. Uh, what they need to do is concentrate on what they're going to do in the playoffs because they always seem to get it wrong. The past two or three seasons, when they've had the most potential to really kick on and and fo- kind of be a prime contender for that championship it has fallen apart massively in the playoffs so I mean it's it's good that they're so consistent in the regular season but we need to see some playoff success from them yeah definitely definitely I think this is a good time of the season to to go on a little bit of a run if they can carry this on throughout into the second half of the season onto the playoffs it would give them even more confidence as well which helps but I think the addition of PJ is almost specifically for the playoffs, so they'll be hoping that's a, a big change. Uh, in terms of schedule, they've got a couple of games this week against the Celtics, uh, and then a nice weekend, and they've got Lakers, Clippers, Blazers in a three. So the next two weeks are going to be really, really important for the Bucks to kind of measure them against the best teams because they beat the 76ers recently, but Joe Allen Bede wasn't playing. And apart from that, they've had a few easy games, so it'd be nice for them to go on a, a good run against the best teams. We'll have to... We'll have to see how good they are at those games because that'll help us make a determination on the playoffs, I think. Um, cool. Away from the Bucks then, who is your your well, is this your last winner of the week then? Here's my last one of the week, who I have subbed out as well because I did have the Blazers on here. So, again, great minds. Nice. But, um, I've picked up the Denver Nuggets here for a winner of the week. Yeah, very good. Game winning streak. They, and that three-game winning streak is only because they lost one in the middle here to, to Dallas, if they hadn't lost that, they'd be on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like nine game winning streak. And then before that, it's just one odd win for another win. Like they starting to find their groove and a bit more consistency. And if they can find that, we've said it all year, then they'll be like flying. They're missing Gary Harris and, and Monte Morris at the moment. So a bit of defensive kind of. Hmm runt there they're, they're missing out on but yeah they're having to score a lot of points aren't they to win these games <laughs> yeah um, and I like seeing Jokic scoring I really like because before like he was kind of triple doubles and but the scoring was low and he's such a dominant centre and he can, we know he can pass and rebound so I want to see him scoring a bit more and I, and I think if you look back through the games where he's scoring 25-plus, they usually always win those. So it's nice to see him getting going consistently at the moment. Um, it's the Jamal Murray factor, isn't it? When he's on, they are definitely winning. 
and when he's not, they are definitely losing. So, <laughs> um, if if he can keep up this run that he's on at the moment, then fantastic. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has kind of stepped up again lately, which has been great to see. He's got so much potential, especially as a, as a scorer in the league. I mean, he's a lengthy guy as well. He could be a great defender if he wants to be, but uh, it needs a lot of work. So, Denver Nuggets for winners of the week. Yeah, fifth in the West at the moment, above the, the Blazers that we spoke about earlier. Looking really good. I agree with everything you said. Uh, and they're also mentioned in these trade rumours that we're talking about, so there's a chance they could strengthen their team even further, which is great. Uh, and they were really struggling at the start of the season, down and towards the bottom of the West, and they've helped really secure now almost the top six in the West uh, that almost look like staying there, which is great because those teams w- won't have to play in the playing games. Uh, and I also already know the Mavs are going to have to play the Warriors in the playing game. I can just see it, and it's going to be very annoying <laughs> <laughs> having to play Steph Curry in those games. But that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I think the Nuggets have definitely moved themselves up into that top tier of the West, uh, kind of behind the best teams, but four or five seed, I think, maybe even a six at worst. I think that they, they would be really happy with that. Uh, and then in the playoffs, anything's possible with this team. They they win when they're 3-1 down quite a lot. So <laughs> they, seem to, <laughs> yeah. they seem to turn it on then. So we'll have to see. see. They're the opposite to the Bucks. Can have a little bit of a slow regular season sometimes compared to expectations. But then the playoffs, they almost over-exceed, I think. So I think that's a good place to be in. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to talk about losers then. I'll start us off with one that I think we're both going to have. I'll be shocked if we don't. I chose the Raptors for mine. Are they on your list? They certainly are. Yeah, they just really disappointed me. Uh, seven losses in a row. Now they're down to 11th uh, in the Eastern Conference, which isn't even a obviously even a play-in spot. So we keep talking about how hard it is for these top teams to fall into the play-in because it's an extra game, but the Raptors aren't even that high, unfortunately for them. Uh, they've struggled like a lot recently. They've had a couple of injuries, but still the Kyle Lowry stuff in the background maybe having a factor and I kind of added that to why they might be a loser of the week because if they make the trade and the trade is more for the future that's fine but I know their fans will be disappointed and if they finish in 11th and they've traded probably the best Raptor of all time I think the season could be seen as a bit of a, a bit of a terrible one especially with the fact they haven't been able to play in Toronto I just think the whole year would kind of suck for Raptors fans if that was the case so I just think that they're struggling at the moment. I don't really know whether they can make a, a trade themselves and keep Lowry and try and add someone. That's a, is an option, isn't it, to improve? But at the moment, they're just not looking great. And I can't really put my finger on why, uh, aside from a few players missing a few games. I think they're just underperforming as a team, to be honest. Yeah, we know we've got. they've got a great coaching staff. They've got some like massive potential in the players that they have. But they, yeah, just cannot find that form and it's it's really frustrating to see because I like that Toronto Raptors team I like the organization and I, I want to see them succeeding but they just they just can't get any traction they went through that kind of month where they were winning a couple of games and they were putting a bit of a streak together but they have fallen off that wagon so hard and broken both their legs <laughs> it's horrible to see they should have landed on Kyle Lowry's booty and it well, saved exactly. the impact. I'll never get. He was too busy selling his home to be there. <laughs> Very true. Uh, no, I just think it's been poor for them, isn't it? But they are similar to the Warriors, I think, which if they do finish into play in, they're going to be a team you don't want to play because they can win any game. Obviously, coaching's amazing. Their scheme's amazing. Defensively, they can be really, really good at times, can't they? And they've got a lot of streaky shooters like Norman Powell. Uh, so, 
not ideal, I don't think, to have to play them. But no. I think they've I think they've underperformed. I think I had them at fifth or sixth in the rankings of preseason. I think you had them the same. And on NBA.com, I think a lot of people had them as high as fourth on the consensus rankings, but they're down 11. So I think that just shows that they've had a weaker season than, than definitely you and I thought they would, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What do they do to get out of it? Or do you think that they should almost not even try that much to get out of it, see what happens naturally, not make any moves, and then reassess in the summer? I, I think they should pull the trigger on a Kyle Lowry trade, personally. So they um, get worse short-term, but long-term have a bit more of a plan. Yeah, I love him as a player, and I think he's been an absolute saint for the Raptors. But I just feel like it's time to kind of... I think they, they need to commit to the the roster that they've got, and I feel like Lowry is just outside that timeline. And he's yeah. been great for like bringing on players like Van Vliet and things, but I think it's time to change it up and sort of go down a new pathway, if you will. Um, and they'll still get a lot of picks or assets for him, wouldn't they, for sure? Yeah, definitely. And the issue is if they hang on to him too long, they'll lose that window and then he won't be worth as much. Um, they've got some great pieces. I, I'm a big fan of Aaron Baines. I know he's <laughs> he'll contribute what he contributes, but and he's not a big player on that team. He's great. Fred Van Vliet is obviously really, really good this season. Pascal Siakam is really good and potentially could be way, way better. Um, and then they've got the other pieces in... Yeah, uh, uh, OG Ananobis and, and Norman Powell. and There's just so much potential there. And with the coaching staff they've got, and there's, something's not clicking. And I wonder if maybe a small change could reignite the spark. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think they can definitely do that. I think it's just a bit of an emotional trigger to see if they will. Um, but I'm with you. I think that they, they probably should pull the trigger on that one. Um, cool. Well, we both had Raptors there on top of our list, so why don't you tell us your your second loser? Um, yeah, the Charlotte Hornets. They're on a three-game losing streak. They're five and five in the last ten. I mean, I never expected a great deal. I, for me, they're overperforming anyway. Yeah, same. What they've been doing. So I'm kind of judging this loser of the week on their actual performance this season because. For me, they're, they're winning in terms of overperforming where I thought they'd be. So um, it's just a shame to see because they've been really, really fun to watch. Even in these games where they've lost, they've had moments where they have still been fun to watch. I mean, it's been some tricky opposition. They had the Clippers, um, the Lakers, and Denver. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. So. It's three games in a row you'd kind of expect them to lose, if you will. Um, but they've got the Spurs coming up, Houston coming up, and Miami. That's their next three games. So you'd expect at least a one win out of those next three, possibly two. Can't see them beating Miami, if I'm honest. But I think they'll pull themselves back out of this little rut and carry on kind of doing this bit of a rhythm, sort of three on, three off, three on, three off, kind of picking up wins and losing losses here and there. So I'm not worried about them. I, I think they're this isn't their season to win. I, I, they're just developing the talent they've got and seem to be doing a great job with it, clearly, because they're overperforming. But they're on my loser of the week. 
Yeah, I wouldn't add much to that. I think it makes sense. I think they're overperforming expectation for sure for what we thought they were. Um, but how well they've played at times uh, this week's just been a little bit of a downer for them. Um, obviously playing some really good teams, but have struggled defensively quite a lot. So just one of those weeks, I think, for them with a the hard schedule. Uh, do you think they're pretty much guaranteed to finish in the playing tournament? I know like, the team we spoke about, the Raptors, if they want to get in, they'll have to overtake someone. But I can't see anybody else but the Raptors getting in their top 10 that aren't there already. Do you think Charlotte are likely to stay in there and have a have a go at getting in the playoffs? Yeah, because I mean, what do they have to do? Drop four four games here at this point in the season, and like I said, I, I think they'll pick up one or two more wins, even in the next three games. So I think they're going to keep ticking over and be in that bottom half of the uh, bottom half of the conference and fight for that play-in tournament and maybe even make the playoffs. I, I don't think they've got enough experience or talent to make the playoffs if they are put into a play-in tournament. I think a team like the Raptors or something would end up beating them in that situation um, just because they're young and inexperienced. And But it would be a huge experience for them and I think next year they could come back a lot stronger than that. Yeah, I agree. It could almost be like a Hawks, bu- uh, not a Hawks, sorry, a Suns bubble situation where they yeah, play in some important games for the first time in a while. Win those games, yes, they still didn't get in the playoffs, but or win any playoff games, but it kind of helped them learn how to win and get into that situation. Then they add a couple of players over the off season, the next year they're a winning team. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it could help, and it'd be fun to see Lamelo Ball in uh, some important games for sure. Um, cool. Well, my next loser of the week then is a team that's sitting right below them in the standings. Uh, I've gone with the Celtics. Three losses in a row, down to eight from the East, like I was saying, one place below below uh, the Hornets. Uh, and they're just a strange team. Like We keep talking about it. They go on these mini runs and they get on winner of the week and we think they're back. Then they go on a bad losing run, um, which is very, very, very similar to teams like the Pacers, Hornets and Bulls. But we had the Celtics at a much higher level preseason than those teams. And to be honest, on paper, they're a higher level now. But obviously, we know basketball isn't played on paper. I think that's the problem there. I think they've got the talent, but they're not kind of playing to that way. I know they've had a lot of injuries and stuff, but uh, recently they've had not necessarily full complement of players, but had players that should be beating a team like the Kings. They've had Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Marcus Smart all play in those games, and they've lost those games. So. I just think the Celtics are underperforming hugely. You had them number one, I think, in the East on your predictions, and they've really underperformed that. So, yeah, I could not leave them off this list, but I'm a little bit worried. I think they're a prime candidate to definitely make a trade. We spoke about the trade exception they've got that, that will run out if they don't use it, and I just think they have to do something to at least spark the roster up a bit because they do not want to be finishing it even in the play-in tournament for me. I think they want to be in that sixth spot and push the Knicks down into playing sort of contention. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit worried about the Celtics at the moment, mate. Yeah, me too. We've gone from a team here that we think's overperforming to a team that is massively underperforming at the moment. Like you said, I, I had them rated at number one. And you look at the most of the teams that have managed that had success last season that have managed to retain, you know, ninety percent of their roster plus, and they're all going from strength to strength. Yeah. Whereas this team. I know that injuries have played a massive part for them this season, but even with everybody back, they don't seem to be kind of playing well together. And I don't know why that may be. Maybe they also need a bit of a change, just a spark to, to get them going again. Um, 
I don't know. I still wouldn't want to play them, even if they drop kind of to a bottom half of the Eastern Conference. So that's not the kind of team you want to then be. Yeah, it's not a great know. first ta- first round team, is it? If you're like yeah. the Bucks or someone, it's not. You don't normally want to play a team with that much talent as early on, do you? But no, they're not, if, they're not playing well. <laughs> if standings are the way they are, Philly play Boston, and they've had some huge matchups over the past kind of five seasons in the playoffs. Um, some really fun to watch games, really hard fought, and. I think if you're the Celtics, you don't want to be playing a team like that. And I think if you're Philly, you don't want to be playing a team like that either. So the Celtics really need to kind of find their energy and, and find their winning ways again very, very quickly. Yeah, and they've got a um, doubleheader with the Bucks coming up soon. So those sort of games aren't going to help if they're not playing very well. Um, and like I said... I just think they have to make a trade with that trade exception. A lot of other teams have to weigh up the possibility of losing picks um, or losing players normally. So they're adding a player, but oh, we're losing a player to our rotation. Whereas the Celtics, they can give away picks and just use the trade exception to match the salary. They don't need to give away any players. So they could do a deal that doesn't hamper the roster at all. They can keep the same roster, but just add to it offensively or defensively, whatever they want to do. Yeah, And I think that's just a key, a key reason why they have to make the move. I think they can do it. It was almost a freebie. You can even do it for a player you're not quite sure on fits because it gives you another six months then to the summer and you can just trade that player again, maybe for someone who you think does pick. I just don't think you can let that uh, let that exception run out, personally. I think they really, really need it. And they need to go on a good run here because, like you said, I don't think they want to... They don't want a Philly first-round tie, for sure. Um, Having said that, it's only two wins to get them back up to fourth. Like That Eastern Conference is ridiculously tight. Yeah, it is. That's why you can't afford these free game losing streaks, can you, every couple of weeks. So just slowly, slowly you can fall away, can't you? Um, so I think they need a big week. They've got a couple of nice games coming up before the Bucks series. So if they can go 3-1 and one in the next four games, they'll be really, really happy with that. But at the moment, you just wouldn't put it past them to go 1-3. and three. That's the way yeah, they're playing. Exactly. So Yeah, a bit of a worrying time, I think. A nice addition could really, really help. Uh, cool. Who's your next loser of the week? Yeah, we seem to have dropped the Timberwolves for the next biggest losers. <laughs> Got to mention them week in, week out. It's the Houston Rockets. Wow. It's a lot of, lo- a lot of losses. They're going to be, like we said many times, right, that the Warriors could get this Timberwolves pick because the Rockets are that bad and the Pistons have had a nice streak like we spoke about earlier, but my God, these Rockets losses, if they if the Timberwolves go above them, they could start getting scared that the Warriors are going to get their pick. That's how bad the Rockets have been. I don't know what the longest losing streak in the NBA is, but it cannot be far off this. They've lost 19 in a row. This team it. is just an absolute <laughs> mess at the moment. <laughs> um, they, they cannot get a win for trying. And even with Christian Wood back who has been the life and soul of this Houston team in the past four months. They just just cannot... I don't know what's wrong with them. They cannot get a win whatsoever. It just It is just a team of random people just thrown onto a court, it seems like. like it does seem that way. Um, half of them don't want to be there. Half of them can't be bothered. Half of them want to be on the, the team that sat on the sidelines and, you know... You only got picked here because they were the last person against the wall when people were picking players. Like, it's just <laughs> a ridiculous roster, and I, 
they kind of like they've done so well out of the trades they've done to get back players of the caliber they've got plus the picks they've managed to acquire and i think they could go even more kind of oklahoma city and get rid of a couple of their big name stars for some more round first round picks and we'll just be watching okc and houston draft teams in the next draft <laughs> and the pelicans <laughs> taking it in terms for picks but um I think, yeah, just blow up, commit to this losing streak and just, if you're going to win something this season, you know, it could be the longest losing streak in the NBA. You could get an award for that and just, yeah, just fully go for it. Why not? Yeah. Two, so two things I want to mention on there. The longest losing streak in the league is held by two teams I know well, the Knicks and Mavericks. Wow. <laughs> um, and the Clippers as well. And the Clippers as well, but whatever. Actually, it's quite funny. Two of these losing streaks were by two different teams in the same season. Uh, 20 is the record at the moment. Uh, the Philadelphia 76 is a second with 19. The Rockets have now moved up to join second as well. Uh, so you're right. They could get the record. Um, they play today when we're recording, which is Sunday, at 6 o'clock, Rockets versus Thunder which is a game I think they could win. <laughs> and then they've got the Raptors. So if they lose tonight to the Thunder, the Raptors need a win next, which is on Tuesday evening. They could have 21, which would be a, a record that would stand alone. So I'm sure it's a record they don't want. <laughs> but uh, I think they could have it. And my other point was Victor Oladipo. Uh, he's turned down two contract extensions by them. So he's basically going to leave in the summer. Miami have been rumoured. But a lot of teams don't want to pay trade for him now with the fact they think he might go to Miami in the summer. But yeah. part of that issue is that they still want a couple of first-round picks, Victor Oladipo, or at least one. But this is a player that could leave in three months. I think the Rockets need to just get whatever they can, a couple of second-round picks for a player that's going to leave anyway. And I know everyone will be like, oh, he's worth more than two seconds. But he is normally, but he's going to leave for free in literally three and a half months. Um, so I think they should trade him for two seconds, even if it's a team that... Because a team will give up two seconds just to have him for the playoffs. And they'll think... Maybe we can convince him to sign in the summer, but if he goes to Miami, we've only given up two seconds and we've got a chance at winning a title, whether it's the Warriors or, I don't know, Celtics or Mavs or uh, Nuggets potentially. I think a team would do that just for a chance to help win a title. Uh, so I think the Rockets need to stop playing hardball with that because he's going to leave anyway. So I think just get whatever you can. And like you said, maybe trade someone like John Wall to get another first-round pick for the future. I think that makes sense. Just blow it up. But maybe try and beat OKC tonight first so you don't have the longest streak and then blow it up after that. That sounds like a plan to me. Nah, commit to it. Go for it. <laughs> commit to, to blow it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Rockets are going to be on this list a lot. Maybe we'll ban them from the list. We can might ban them in the Timberwolves from the list for the yeah, future. Yeah. We'll see. That's a good idea. Um, cool. Well, my last team then is the LA Lakers. Uh, they've had a couple of bad losses since All-Star and I kind of just added them because of the LeBron injury. Uh, I just think with LeBron and AD out, they could fall down the standings. And similar to what we said about the Celtics, I just don't think it's ideal for the Lakers to be in. I know it's probably worst-case scenario because they should come back, but if they finish in sixth or fifth and they end up playing the Clippers, which they couldn't either, that is the worst-case scenario. They don't want to be playing the Clippers in the first round, especially if injuries are more lingering towards them. Um, like I know they should both be back way before then, but AD is so mysterious at the moment that we don't know what's going to happen. Whereas I think if they finished third in the West and they were playing the Nuggets and they didn't have to play the Clippers till later, for example, it's a little bit easier for them. Um, 
so I just had them as a loser of the week. So I think when you lost your best two players from injury and you've got a couple of hard games coming up, I just think that that makes you a little bit of a loser of the week. And it's not their fault, but it's just bad luck. But that's the way the basketball goes, I'm afraid. So they were, they were the last team on my list. Yeah, I had them as my last team on the list as well. When you lose your two superstars, mm. you're, you're a loser. 100%. Yeah, uh, especially in a tight conference. I know the East is tight in terms of like fourth to 11, but the West is like super talented and super tight for that reason. Yeah, uh, And then in the next few games, they've got the Suns, Pelicans, 76ers, your Cavs, uh, Bucks and Magic. So I know they've got a couple of winnable games. They'll be thinking, right, we get a nice couple of wins there. But it wouldn't shock us if a team like the Pelicans could be the Lakers without their two stars. So if you lose against the Sun, Pelicans and 76ers, then that's three losses. You could really rocket them down the standing. So I would be a little bit worried and I would just be trying to think of whatever game plan you can for each game just to kind of force a couple of wins, you know, whether that's just play great defence, which they can. Go big, get loads of rebounds, whatever it may be. Shoot more threes and just think, do rocket style for a couple of games and be like, right, we'll shoot more threes, let Schroeder shoot more. If he hits them, we'll win and then we'll get almost a free win that we didn't think we'd get. I don't know, but I think they need to try and try and mix things up a little bit uh, just yeah. to hold on to a couple of wins, I think, that I think that they don't want to slide down to, to five, six, or seven. I've read that uh, Dave McMinimum of ESPN has said Davis will be out at least another two more weeks with his injury. So I still don't think we'll see him for another month at least. But um, hmm. there is one positive that has come out of the Lakers camp this week, and that is Dennis Schroeder wants to be a Laker long term. Um, he wants to sign a big deal with them and stay there as long as he can, which... Um, I think it's really good to see like he's he's come in and kind of found a home there and feels welcome and he's been playing some really really good basketball he's con- him and Montrez Harrell contributed so well uh, to this Lakers team since joining this season um, but as I said this is kind of those kind of players chance to shine like if you were ever going to be a star player in the league this is where you can show it now you are the next big names on this this roster. Uh, what are you going to do with it? You know they're going to probably start Montrez or Kuzma now, um, and it's going to have to be those two and Truder stepping up. I mean, Caldwell Pope is streaky at best. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker has been an absolute find for them this season. So I'd like to see him getting a couple more minutes. Um, yeah, there's potential for players to really step up here and play well, and maybe they can get a couple of wins here and there, but I'm not expecting big things, if I'm honest. No, no, I'd agree. They only just lost to the Hawks after the injury, but obviously LeBron did play a little bit then, and there's a little bit of motivation, I guess, when he goes down. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm not expecting big things, and if they could go if they could go 500, that would be incredible for them. Yeah, I'd they, be a- they, They'd probably still be in the top four if they had a 500 record over the next month, I think. They'd probably just about still be in that top four, which is, I think, all you can ask for when you lose those two stars. And when you lose stars that aren't just stars, they are top five, six players in the league in general, let alone just superstars. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It'll be an interesting few weeks. Um, cool, that ends it for our winners and losers then for this segment. Uh, let's move on to our, our best upcoming game segment. One that we predict every single week uh, we go against each other for a few games, and then whoever wins gets another score added to their tally. Unfortunately, Ben hasn't had many winners, uh, and he's four-one down at the moment uh, as we hit just after All Star. So you need to 
need to catch up, mate. This is this is big for you. We need a forfeit if you're going to lose, but yeah. we need to try and catch up. There you go. Uh, this week we're just going to do one game each and then do a random game as well because uh, we knew we'd be running on time due to the, the trade deadline. So why don't you kick us off with your, your game for the week, mate? Um, two losing teams. Nice. I've gone for, just to spice it up a little bit. Monday. We've spoken about both these teams a lot today. So it's only right that they're on this little pick here. Um, the Raptors face the Rockets. Oh, um, big game. Big game. A team that, for some reason, cannot win and a team that's going for the longest losing streak in the NBA on purpose. <laughs> uh, who's going to come out on top? <laughs> I'm siding with the Raptors here. Yeah, I'm going to side with the Raptors as well. I can't go Rockets. I think they might win against OKC today, but I think the Raptors will all demolish them. Maybe even in Kyle Lowry's last ever game. Which <gasps> interesting. We'll have to see. But I'll, I'll go Raptors. Um, next, I'll go with, with my game then. Uh, I chose Heat versus the Suns. Two real, real good teams, to be honest. Uh, good defensive teams. See if Ariza makes his debut for the Heat or plays for the Heat that night. I'm not sure yet. Uh, this is on Wednesday at midnight, so not a bad UK tip time for any Miami fans. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Because for me, it's a hard one to call. Wow, yeah, this is a tough one. Let's just have a little look here. Suns on a one-game winning streak, 7-3 and three in the last 10. Near the top of the West, playing really, really well. Yeah, second place at the moment, three wins back from that crazy Utah Jazz team. The Heat, just in that kind of second tier in the east aren't they seven and three or so last 10 but on a two game losing streak is this the game that they come back out on top mm. um, i'm gonna go heat i'm going heat i think I, I i i think i thought the suns were gonna win which means i should probably pick the heat because jimmy butler proves me wrong time and time again so i've kind of gone against myself i think that, that he'll try and win that game him versus chris paul will be super fun so I'm going to go with the Heat to edge that one out, I think. Okay, I'll, I'll make it interesting and go the opposite side. So, uh, nice. I will go for the Suns. Go for Chris Paul. I like it. Um, cool. Well, now, third game then, we're going to do, ra- do a random game. So, let me press my button to tell us which game we're doing. Oh, good one. Last two times, we've had a couple of... We'll say kind, but we kind of say average games. <laughs> this is Jazz versus the Nets Thursday night. Two top teams against. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one, Simon, first on the last. What are your thoughts and, and who have you got winning this one? Wow. What a matchup this is going to be. Um, for me, it's all about Rudy Gobert here. Is he going to be a defensive menace and an offensive menace? Because he can basically get what he wants inside. He's so big against this Nets team. Uh, and can the Jazz then put enough bodies on the offensive talent of the Nets to kind of slow them down? The other thing you've got to think in, are the Nets going to be playing? Who are they going to have available? It seems to kind of vary from night to night, whether or three or just two or just one. Or Is Blake going to be playing? Who's healthy? Who's not? It's really difficult to call. Uh, Nets are eight and two in their last ten, and uh, the Jazz are five and five. Um, so on a bit of a turn. Um, yeah, still very tough to call. <laughs> um, 
I think you're going to pick the net, so I'll also switch it up and go. I'll go with the Jazz. My boys. Oh, you're going to go with the Jazz. Um, so my boy Kevin Durant still out for another couple of weeks, looks of it. I think he could play next week, they said, but they're going to give him a couple of weeks to kind of ramp his fitness back up to, to not risk it, which I think makes sense. Yeah, sensible. Uh, their record is so good. Bear in mind, he's hardly played the last two months. I think that they're quite happy with that, give him a bit of chance to ramp up. Um, and so even though he's not playing, I'm going to have to pick Kevin Durant's team. Uh, much to your, your guests in the debates discussed, Joel Richards, you know, Kevin Durant likes to move teams, be the best scorer in the league. Apparently he gets too much, too much uh, positive news, but I'm going to pick him anyway. I'm going to go with a bit of KD. Cheering on from the stands, James Harden, Kyrie dropping in points. So I'm going to go with the Nets. I think they'll score more points. Gobert will get about 100 rebounds, but uh, <laughs> hopefully he'll miss 100 free throws. So I'm going to go with the Nets to, to claw out the win here, I think. So we'll disagree on that one as well. Yeah, nice. That's some... Some tough games there to call as well. Yeah, so someone's going to be winning with 2-0, or it's going to be a 1-1 this week. be interesting to see, see if anyone gets a sweep. Um, but we'll see, and we'll, we'll kind of put out on Twitter as well, uh, our selections, and do a couple of polls as well to see which teams you guys think will win. Uh, ben loves a poll on and off Twitter, so it Yay. works out well. <laughs> I love um, to poll with me on or off it as well. Yeah. There we go. Sounds wonderful. Good place to leave it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the end for this podcast. Uh, go follow us at underscore Harvard Hoops. And uh, next week we're going to have another team special, uh, and we're going to have our normal weekly podcast with me and Ben. Uh, the team special is not booked yet, so I uh, can't really reveal who that is. We've got three options, so we'll see which one of the three comes through. And then the week after that, so two weeks time, Ben will be back with another debate series. But again, he, that won't be revealed the topic until it gets released. So. Uh, any suggestions like I said DM us on Har- Harvard Hoops uh, or even DM Ben privately you never know follow him yeah. on Twitter drop him in there loves yeah, it definitely um, I'll end it with uh, PJ Tucker PJ stands for his nickname Pops Junior his actual name is Anthony Leon Tucker there you go and he also owns over 2,000 pairs of sneakers so he's a man after my own heart so oh, we'll leave it there yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, enjoy the week. Hope the trade trade deadline is as crazy as we all want it to be. If it is, me and Ben will be back maybe with a mini pod in the week. We'll see. Uh, but if not, I'll speak to you later on in the week and me and Ben will be back next weekend. So yeah, thanks for listening. Speak to you soon.